Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the Blue Surge Podcast. Mike and Joe recording to you guys on October 17th. It is around 6 p.m. Eastern time. It is a Tuesday. So back to our normal recording day. We hope you had a lovely week. Weekend, last time we spoke was last Friday. So hopefully you've had a lovely, I don't know, I guess seven days by this point. Hopefully you got a chance to watch Sacramento, which we will talk about. Hopefully you got a chance to do something you enjoy, which is always very important, especially as we get to the colder time of the year, especially in the Midwest. Joe, we got some cards. We got some meta to talk about. But before we get into any of that, how are you doing today? Hungry. I'm hungry. I have not eaten actually yet today. I mean, I've eaten today, but I I am hungry. I have I have uh, refried like tacos that I will be making after this. Refried tacos? Well, they're not tacos. It's like refried meat. But I will make into like burritos. Because we had tacos yesterday. Okay. Like we made tacos yesterday. <laughs> and uh, I will now, make now I have the song White People Taco Night sucking in my head right now. No, not quite that. And it wasn't on but it is Tuesday for me, so like Taco Tuesday, I guess. Burrito Tuesday. Burrito Tuesday. I prefer burritos over tacos any day of the week. We do have Taco Day at work on Wednesdays. Which makes no sense. Well, they moved it from Tuesday to Wednesday. Why? Because it just makes more sense. What's what is, a better What's a better way to motivate your employees than having tacos on Wednesdays instead of Tuesday? You're halfway through the week. You're like, "F this job. I'm like tired of it. I don't want to be here anymore." You know what? Today's Wednesday. There's tacos at work. Why not just keep tacos on Tuesday? And I'm then not just, there Tuesdays. No, I know, but just like, I mean, okay, that's not good for you. Yes, but also. Couldn't you just have another food on Wednesday that's also good and keep tacos on Tuesday? Why can't it be tacos? I'm just, I'm just saying, look, if I'm picking, I would love Tuesday and Wednesday to be great. Why wouldn't you want all of it to be great? Because guess what? I had work today and I got home and it was Tuesday and I still felt like, please take me home. Actually, my day today was absolutely wonderful except the last hour was an absolute disaster well think about it this way are you excited that you're having burritos today they're leftovers so i'm at like a six and a half maybe a seven if they're really good but you're on the upper end of that scale i guess yeah it's not a five yeah you get them through that last hour of the day and you're like man you know what i got burritos today I don't know, man. Okay. I was, I was, again, you, I, I don't know if it's like this for you because we're in two totally different careers that have some similarities, I guess. But man, when you have a great day and the last hour of it, you just want to bang your head through a wall. It makes you feel like your whole day was exhausting. And then you get home and I try to, I try to get better at this just as a person in general. And that's when it's, I go buy Taco Bell. Well, there you go. Well, it's even like at events when I've played events like card games. Like if I end poorly, I really, really try to become good at reflecting on. All right. Well, actually, 80% of my day was really good. 
And that's kind of what I did today. I got home and I was like, you know what? Most of my day was pretty freaking good. So I'll just kind of take that. So I guess I guess that's what I'll do. But so you're hungry. Anything else on your mind? Food. We like that. Food indeed. So we will jump then right into the event this weekend. Sacramento happened. If you missed it, there were around 1,400 players, and some really cool stuff happened. Um, you could say that having four Lugias in the top eight is not cool. I mean, it's whatever. The highest finishing dude, like Maridon, there was an 11th place Maridon, and then it was kind of nowhere to be seen for quite a while. So Maridon did not play well. Chi and Pao was eleven fourteen. Oh, was there a fourteen? Oops, sorry, you're right. And then there, Chi and Pao's did okay, better, much better than Maridon did overall. Much better. I mean, I, they're kind of similar in some ways, so people probably just played Chi and Pao over Maridon. In our top eight, we had four Lugias. We had one in eighth place, one in sixth place, one in fourth place, and then one in first place so lugia ended up taking the event um this lugia did also play a mu ex from the 151 set so it had that going for it uh it played weird deer v which we've seen at small moments but not a ton and then it also played a luxray and looking at the other top eight lists some of them played Luxray, some of them didn't. This is the Swelling Flash Luxray, where if this is in your hand and you have more prize cards, you can just put it onto your bench. So it's a 150 stage 2. For Lightning Double Colorless, it does 180 and does 22 itself. So Lightning has some very relevant, has some very relevant matchups right now. And Lugia basically plays a Reversal Energy which is really, really good with Archeops because you just play the Luxray, attach the Reversal Energy, and you're kind of going. So obviously that's really good. Um, Mew, similarly, gives you that Psychic Typing. The only thing I like about these Lugia lists that are different from past Lugias is they've really taken advantage of Reversal Energy and started to put in more types into their deck, like Radiant Charizard, Mew, Luxray, I don't know. How do you feel about that? Um, I've never really been a big fan of Lugia, so for me, whatever. I don't know. It. I'm just not a Lugia fan. I never have been. Never will be. Uh, yeah. So I whatever mean, happens, fair. whatever happens to Lugia is kind of whatever. But uh, I, what the decks that really interest me are like Arceus and Lost Box. Like, I'll pay attention to a Guardi, but once you've seen them, you've seen them all. Well, and that's what's different about the Lugias, though, at least right now. Which, I'm not a big Lugia guy either, but they're playing heavy baby Snorlax lines. Which, I was, I, it took them longer than I, it took the base here to play that longer than I expected, because Japan has been there for a while with the therapeutic energy, and we've been just, we have here have been playing more of the single strike variant for a while. Yeah, so I, I think these Lugia decks have finally started to go more toolboxy. And they kind of have been trending that way for a little while, but these lists are vastly different than the Lugia we knew when it was really, really strong. 
uh, and was basically just big hitter with powerful energy and Archeop. So at least there's some variety happening there. In the top eight as well, uh, Azul got seventh place with Lost Box Kyogre. There was another Lost Box that got third place. Um, this Lost Box was just typical. Uh, it was kind of turbo. It also had Kyogre, but it played the Dragonite V, Raikou V. So I lean towards more of a turbo variant. There was a Guardi that was in fifth place. Looking at that list, it's pretty much like you said, it's what Guardi typically is. But the cool thing, the second place deck, the deck that lost in the finals, was Arceus V-Star, and its partners were Slacking V and Gyarados V-Max. Which if you don't know what these cards do, that's not very shocking. Slacking has the ability, kind of lazy, so if you have two, four, six prize cards remaining, it can't attack. And for four colorless, it hits for 260, just flat out 260. Uh, and you have some Defiance Band, Choice Belt. You have, you have ways to get damage counters down, like Vengeful Punch in this deck, which is really cool. And then you have Gyarados VMAX, 330 HP, Water Type, Hyper Beam for three, does 120, and you discard an Energy. And Max Tyrant for three water and a colorless hits for 240. And, and basically what it looks like is they decided to go into this tournament going, all right, well, we're not going to necessarily knock everything out. We can with Defiance Band Choice Belt. We have opportunities to do so. But we're going to pick a bunch of cards that just hit mid-200s to low-200s and just kind of roll with it. And I'm looking at the list, trying to figure things out. Is there any reason to play Gyarados Remax? Gyarados Remax. Gyarados VMAX, other than just flavor? Um, no, there's not really much of that. Let me... Sorry, I had it up and I just lost it. Just because it doesn't, it doesn't hit anything relevant. Water type does not do anything really right now. And so 240 is fine. Well, the first attack is 120 per three. You can discard energy from your opponent's active Pokemon. So, like, losing a little bit there is fine. Uh, let's see here. With Gyarados V, is there anything really relevant? Um, damage counters. You know, 20 times 20 on it. Oh, you're saying the baby one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's relevant. Yeah. So, like, there's some some relevancy, but I don't think they were even playing the uh, the tool. Is there a tool that allows you to play previous evolution stuff? In the past, there has been, but there's nothing right now that encourages okay. that. So, it, it it literally just looks like a flavor. Like, they just wanted to play it, so they did. So, when I went to Mondays for One Piece, there were some... Pokemon locals that showed up to just play test for a little bit because they're getting all prepared for uh, Toronto. And they had brought up an interesting point is that they were doing Gyarados, like they're doing the Gyarados and trying it out. And there was the first thing that said, I'm going to try Gyarados, but I'm also going to try Tapu Koko. So Tapu Koko V, there's two different variants. That's, uh, well, only one's really legal, right? Battle styles. Yeah. So, Battle Styles and Battle Styles. Let's see here. Tapu Koko V has one retreat, uh, one electric for 40, 
and then uh, Spiral Thunder, Electric Electric, Colorless for 20 plus 40 for each energy attached to your opponent's Pokemon. Right. Um, And then for Tapu Koko VMAX, it's Electric Electric Colors for 180, and you have more prize cards remaining than your opponent. Their opponent's paralyzed. So it's similar. It's a better typing than Gyarados, but it's a similar, like, it, it seems like people are really going back to, are going back around to the fact that it's Arceus, and you can just kind of splash stuff. Yeah, so I, I think, yeah, I think what it is is, like, I found a big basic that can hit hard, and that's where I'm going to leave it at. Yeah, I, I really don't think there's any other reason to play Gyarados. Like, I think you can slap in any VMAX that's has has you can slap in any mid-level VMAX and probably establish the same thing you did with Gyarados VMAX. You know, you yeah. can make an argument, like you said, that Gyarados V's get angry attack. Like there there are ways that Gyarados V is decent, but that's what I mean by mid-level. Like Coco. It's a decent card. It's not phenomenal, but it's decent. And so I I mean, I love this. This is there were, there were two things that were really cool about this event. One, we saw Gyarados VMAX in a final, which, I mean, that's pretty sweet. The second thing, though, is both the finalist and the runner, the winner and the runner-up, this was their, both of their first times ever competing at a regional. Which I thought was another cool little tidbit. That was cool. Yeah, so two people going to their first regional, which I guess I can't necessarily fact check, but I saw I saw kind of a thread on Twitter talking about this, and I don't know why I'll, I don't know why you would lie about it. You know, wouldn't really uh-huh. make sense. So I'm gonna go ahead and say it's true. That's pretty awesome that two people that just showed up for a regional ended up walking away with a lot. I mean, the dude who played Gyarados walked away with, according to Limitless, walked away with seven thousand dollars. Not bad for the weekend. No, and the guy that won walked away with 10k. And he's like, all right, let's do it. Like, that's pretty awesome. To see two people that are brand, 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 brand new to the competitive, at least the regional, the regional landscape, that's awesome. That's even better than any deck that could have won. I just think that's I just think that's great for the game to see that. Yes. You know, a lot of good pros played really well over the weekend, keeping tabs on things. Like, if Azul won, we'd be like, sweet, Azul won. But instead, we have Lugia against Gyarados. And really, it's Arceus, kind of like Zoroark back in the day, but it's still good. So, overall, a really, really, I think, positive outcome from the event. We do have a regional in France coming up this weekend. And then Toronto is the following on the weekend of the 28th. So we still have regionals pumping in. We'll have a little bit of a break after Toronto. And essentially, we'll have two weeks off. And then we'll have LAIC, which is the first like big, big, massive event of the year. So pretty good regional. And now we, like you said, look forward to the next two. Toronto is obviously the big one. But we'll take a look at France as well. Any other then, comments? You said two weeks is LAIC. Two weeks after Toronto. Which would make, I believe, that first Paradox Rift release uh, legal. Let me double check just to make sure. Paradox really is, releases on the 3rd, so correct. 
Correct. The 17th would be two weeks after release. So that will be the first Paradox Rift event. I'm excited for that. Yeah, I, I think we're up for some really, really cool events to keep track of. So that's that is awesome. We're in a really good spot for the card game. After LAIC, we have a couple events. Typically, things slow down, especially at NA around holiday time for like the US and stuff like that. So I I am very excited for the events coming up. Anything else you want to say before we jump out of here? Anything anything stick out to you that you wanted to talk about? Nope. All right. Yeah, I'm looking at my list here, seeing if there's any deck lists I may have missed. Uh, shout out to the Ting Lu guy at 142, I guess. I mean, I just want to know if someone played Alakazam. Like anyone, even like a day one, two, three drop. Do you think anyone played Alakazam from 151? I'm sure someone tried. I just want to know. So maybe I'll find that out later. But oh, I, there's I, a Reggie that made day two. I haven't seen also, that in a while. There was a Reggie that made day two. There was a uh, Ting Lu. There was, a, there was that weird stall deck with Corbominable V. Yeah, Hisuian Zorark. Yeah, there, there were some cheeky little day two things. Wait, Lost Zone Dialga? I mean... Ooh. That I mean, Dialga's go big or go home, right? So that's that's shoutouts to Dialga. I guess, right? There's not yeah. really much to add on to that. You like Dialga? You like Metals? I, I you know what? I do like Dialga. I'm more my my eyes are looking forward to uh, Golden Go right now. Yep. Which is where I'm at as a metal type metal Pokemon fan, but. We can move on from that, and the next part we're going to go into is we have a few cards to go over. It's a pretty straightforward show for you guys today, so we will spend the next 10 minutes essentially going through these cards, talking about our thoughts, and then we will head out from there. Keep it nice and simple. I guess on a side note, as of recording, they did, Pokemon Center did officially release their promo for the Pikachu Van Gogh card that I would put in my collection for my Illustrator, but unfortunately... I guess within an hour, the promo already ran out of copies, which is a bummer. So that's a bummer. But anyway, let's talk about some cards. First up, we have Aegislash EX. Hone Edge and DeBlade are kind of just there. They don't really do a whole lot, so we'll kind of ignore them for the time being. Uh, this card will be a part of the Paradox Rift set. Aegislash EX is a 330 stage 2 steel type Pokemon. For one metal energy, Peerless Edge. This attack does 70 for each prize card you have taken. So not that you're behind, that you have taken. For two metal energy, double edged slash 220 and does 32 itself. I mean. I just am not really a big fan of steamroll attacks. I don't know how you feel about it. Peerless Edge is a good attack. But I think everyone can agree that they're more of a fan of the comeback mechanic rather than the steamroll mechanic. Would you agree? Yeah. Uh, it, it just doesn't... So yeah, I, it's just stage two problems, right? Is there a line that's really worth me playing? And so like, 
Well, the stage twos, right? What the ones that are more prevalent, right? You have Guardy, but you have uh Curlias that are relevant. Uh Charizard. Charizard and card itself is relevant because it accelerates. So there's not really much relevancy that this card brings. Actually, I can also mention actually Pidgeot EX, right? Brings relevancy to the meta. There's nothing relevant here that this brings to the table. Yeah, I agree. So it's just kind of, just kind of is what it is, I guess. So yeah, if you want to build an Aegis Slash deck, cool. That yeah, that's literally it. If you want to build an Aegis Slash deck, that's kind of just where you're at. Other than that, you're kind of just. I'm not making room for it. I'm not putting three cards, which I realistically need more than that to make it work. Yeah, there's not really, really anything going there. So that's Aegis Slash. Then we have Milotic. Milotic, not an EX, just Milotic. It is a water type with 120 HP. Stage one, obviously from Feebas, has the ability Lifeboat. When you play this Pokemon from your hand to evolve one of your Pokemon during your turn, you may use this ability. Each player puts a basic Pokemon from their discard pile onto their bench. Your opponent chooses first. For one water and a colorless, Hypno Splash for 60. Uh, puts your opponent's active to sleep. It's weak to lightning. Has a retreat of two. But really, the conversation here is lifeboat. And I know I've heard some conversations about what people think the value of lifeboat's ability is. Because um, it's, it's effectively echoing horn, but for both sides. What are your thoughts on Milotic? Because right now, why would you not just play echoing horn? But the problem is with this is that it the way I am reading it is that each of you choose which Pokemon you're using. It's not that's, saying I'm, I want that one. Right. That's why Echoing Horn is just worlds better. Worlds better because I because like for example when I play uh, either Rapid or I'm playing um, Rapid or I'm playing uh, Hit and Run for GLC. Like, I want to choose my target because I need to make sure I can hit it, knock it out when I'm putting it on there. Yeah, right? the only the only potential I could see for my Lodic, I mean, let's let's put it out here here. If Echoing Horn is legal, this card is irrelevant. Yes. Like completely. Because you choose what your opponent takes out. It's way it is way, 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 way better. Like just bar none, no questions asked. Mm -hmm. So that's that's pretty pretty put together. Then you get to the post-echoing horn. In that situation, is there a utility for Milotic? I do think so. I mean, we've seen a couple of these like checkmate-like decks in the past. But the brain power needed to effectively use Milotic, I think, is kind of through the roof and might not even be worth the time. Because you can set it up to where your opponent has to put something on the board, and no matter what they put down, you have now an extra prize that you can take out. And you could also put a utility on your bench. But I feel like that's kind of like... That seems pretty big brain. And I don't know if anyone really would want to do that. I feel like at this point, if if by the time Green Turn rotates, I'm assuming there's other recursion cards that will be available. Right, and that's what I'm saying. I don't even think this would be a recursion card. I think this would specifically just be like a 
I'm going to use this card in my deck because I really want to use it. And other than that, there's no reason to do so. So I don't, I don't think it really gives you a whole lot. So this is a cool card. Uh, I think it's interesting, but my Lotus is probably just going to kind of sit on the side. Next up, we have Wugtrio. Wugtrio is a stage one with 90 HP. Stage one has the ability ad, ho ad hoc choice. That's a weird name. When you play this Pokemon from your hand to evolve, just like Milotic, you may search your deck for up to three Pokemon tool cards and put them into your hand. For two water, triple whip, 70 times three for each heads, or 70 times each heads you flip, and you flip three coins. So 210 max, minimum zero. This partners with another card on the list, which is Garbodor. Garbodor is a stage one dark type with 120 HP for one dark energy, Chuck. Chuck does 50 damage per Pokemon tool cards you discard from your hand. For a dark and two colorless, Venomous hit 80 and you poison your opponent's active. But the big thing here is you have Garbodor. You have Wugtrio, and then you have Town Store, which recently came out, which allows you to search your deck for a Pokemon tool card. So you have Wugtrio, which assumably can stack, and you have Garbodor, and you have Town Store. Is there anything here? I, there might be, especially with the TMs that you have. I think there's some utility that can be pretty wide. Because you're, you're not stronghold, you're not strong held into uh, just chucking, right? So if you have the TMs and you have a different TMs available to you, um, there is definitely some potential in terms of not just chucking and making a tool drop, which that'd be your main thing, but then can finish up some way with other TMs that are available. The only problem I have is how are you getting the tool cards back? You're not, right? Well, you have one stadium for retrieving from deck, and you have one tool, I believe, from discard. Or not tool, uh, stadium. To retrieve from discard. What's that stadium? Am I missing that? I think it's coming on Paradox Rift, I thought. Let me see here. If you can find it for me, let me let me go look. Trying to see where it would be. It's a stadium you're saying, right? Yes. Are you looking as well? Trying. Trying to see what it could have been. Looking at Golden Goes listing. I'm looking. I see. I, I want to. It was like Pokemon Center, Shopping Center, or something. Well, Town Town Store is the one that searches for them. Pokemon. You said it's. Paradox Rift. We're just, you know, we're looking up cards that you can't even. You guys cannot see us doing. They're Paradox Rift. What's the what's the Japanese sets? The Japanese sets are Ancient Roar set list. That'll be the big thing for us. 
Ancient Roar doesn't give us anything in that Maybe category. Maybe it is Talon Store. Is it? Is it? It probably is Talon Store, but I, I want to double check before we, you know, do anything else. I'm trying to see. I think it is. I think you're just. I think it's just Talon Store. I'm just booming. He's just booming. So there's no way to get it back. It's a cool. I mean, we've seen Tool Drop though. Like Rotom V Star or Rotom V has it right now, but I mean Garbodor is cool. And Garbodor, the, the Pokemon card game gives Garbodor a lot of love, so I'm always happy to see some fun Garbodors, even if it's just cheeky. So, is there anything else you want to say about Garbodor and Wugtrio? Do you think there's really any? Is there well, anything you, really there? You probably pair it with Rotom V and V Star. So you have Rotom V. You have Garbodor, and then you play Wugtrio, right? Yeah, that's probably your your lineup if you're going to play that. And there might be some more like aggressive ways to get cards back into the deck that we're not thinking of right now. But I'm looking at like comments under the posting because usually people will put in like, "Oh, here's the combo. Here's the here's the things you can do." I guess. Well, no, hold on. Is leftovers a tool? Yeah. We have that Snorlax. Right? We have the new Snorlax coming out. Yeah. So you have uh, Voraciousness. Once during your turn, you may put up to two leftover cards from your discard pile into your hand. That'll work. So there you go. Snorlax, Wugtrio, Garbodor. The damage output wouldn't be insane, but you could at least guarantee if you have two Snorlaxes, you could put four leftovers into your hand, right? Mm -hmm. And then you could kind of manage your resources from there i like that all right cool good good job good job garbador you got some partners and i guess that's that's about it so i think i think honestly garbador was probably the best card we talked about today but that's also okay we had a wonderful event that happened over the weekend we had some cards to talk about hopefully next week i'll get another shot at the van gogh promo maybe fingers crossed we'll see joe that wraps up our show it was nice and easy and to the point is there anything you would like to say before we bounce out of here? Everybody have a good weekend. Have a wonderful weekend. Thank you once again for supporting the show as you do each and every week. We hope you enjoy time with family and friends. Play some Pokemon and we will see you next time.